Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Mart, get spring holiday savings. Buy three tyres and get the fourth absolutely free. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on trusted tyre brands like Bridgestone, Yokohama, Goodyear, BF Goodrich, Michelin, Zenon and Motorsport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test season apply. coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Bucked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here. My name's Grant Rowley. We have had a, uh, a major couple of weeks uh, in the world of local motorsport. We had supercars in Pukekohe recently. We had uh, the Speed Series out at a very soggy sand down. Now for this episode, I've dragged in two aces who... Uh, look after a lot of content for uh, both of those categories. I've got James Pavey from supercars.com. He's the one that you'll generally see writing most of those words. And I've also got Simon Chapman, who is a former Speed Cafe and now writes for uh, Stan Sport and the wide world of sports team. James and Simon, how are you, boys? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you, Grant? Good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right now uh, look i've got both of you boys on because look you love your race cars uh and you love talking about race cars and writing about race cars in particular you've got you've definitely got heads for journalists that's for sure but uh you you guys actually live together as well so there must be a lot of racing talk going on in the uh inside those four walls yeah it's a little um, bit a little bit what would you say son what's the balance of uh motorsport chat to other chat Oh, look, like it's, it's pretty heavy. Um, it, it's, it's probably a good thing that we, um, we kind of cover different categories because you basically come from home from work and James will say, you wouldn't believe what happened today. And I'd be like, oh, this is fantastic. And I'd be like, well, let me tell you what happened on my day. So it's kind of a bit of a, it's a good revolving door of, um, of tear ups, um, which is good. Like, I, like I'll be honest when I, when James was like, hey, um, <laughs> you should move in. I was like, oh, God, this could be a, an absolute recipe for disaster. Whatever friendship we had before that um, could be absolutely thrown out the window here because we could just be absolutely at loggerheads the whole time. But no, it's actually been, it's actually been really good because, uh, you know, I guess we're both super passionate about about motorsport. So, yeah, you know, it's just it's just constant motorsport chat and and a bit of cricket and rugby and league and, and everything else thrown in the mix. So it's been it's been pretty good so far. I'm I'm yet to have a uh, a massive blow up with Pavey, but I'm sure it'll come at some point. <laughs> well, Mate, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you just uh, you just make sure you keep doing the dishes, Simon, and uh, look after your own laundry. In, and I think it should be uh, it should be okay. Hey, it's not like journalists though to to uh, beat up a big supercars versus speed series sort of yarn though. Anyway. No, well, there's a lot happening in both categories, I'd like to say. And I think in supercars land, there's a small race coming up called the Bathurst 1000. So there's a lot for me to look at. There's a lot for Simon to talk about as well. Obviously, there was a lot happening at Sandown. We were there a few weeks ago, but yeah, Bathurst is a big one. I can't believe it's already this time of year. Obviously, Bathurst was December last year, but man, two weeks and obviously they're in testing now. There's just so much happening and you just don't know where to look. 
Yeah, very exciting. Two weeks until the great race, the Repco Bathurst 1000. Uh, and can't wait to get up there, boys. I'm completely race fanning it for the 1000 this year. I think I get driving up uh, to the track from Melbourne on like the Sunday before the event. So that's a good uh, eight or nine day stint at Bathurst. That's huge. Lead, leading into it. So, yeah. Um, be like race, Super Bathurst race, all over again. Yeah, just about. Just about. I can't believe that was a thing. A six day event. Jeez. Oh, ridiculous. Crazy. How did so that many happen? categories? So many big categories as well. I think that was a testament to everyone to get involved. But obviously, the supercars took precedence with the 1000, but there were so many different categories. Obviously, TCR was there as well. And I just I can't remember an event where there was just so much different action, so much variety, and everyone got around it as well. It was really good to see. Yeah. Well, look, everyone got around it, but, you know, we were just kind of still, there was still those remnants of uh, bits of COVID hanging around and the crowd probably wasn't exactly where everyone wanted it to be, but I just get the feeling that this year's 1000 will, uh, using Repco's uh, slogan, (laughs) they'll be bringing the Bathurst. I feel like there's a lot of energy and a lot of hype for the race. And we're going to see those uh, those big crowds back on the on the banks and and uh, and and surely big numbers through TV broadcast as well. Uh, you know, last race for this generation of car. I've just got this sense that it's going to be a pretty busy one. And it's the last race for the Commodore as well. So there'll be a lot of GM fans there who really want to see that car go out on top. Obviously, Holden has won the last two one thousands as well, and. It's funny last year thinking that Walkinshaw and Drew United's going to Ford next year. You know, as a Ford team gets up this year, they could be the last team to win in a Commodore and they're going to Ford next year. So that's one thing to look out for. Mm. Oh, very interesting. Uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit about supercars uh, later on. Also in this episode, uh, I've got a chat with Jordan Cox. He seems like the man who can take it up to... TCR Australia leader and our good old friend, Tony Dalberto. He's running second in the title. Um, also got a, uh, a cool chat with Scott McLaughlin, who just finished fourth in the, his second IndyCar title. Uh, and our good friends at Bob Jane T-Mart's a, a continuation of our series that we that I've done with uh, Rodney Jane. And, and he'll have a little bit of a yak to me uh, a bit later on. But Simon, let me firstly ask... Have your socks and shoes and clothes and baggage all dried out from a very soggy sand down for the latest round of the Speed Series we saw last weekend? But I had a very rare sort of weekend where I was just absolutely glued to my laptop and actually didn't really get much of an opportunity to get down to, into the pits because there was just so much action happening on track because of the weather. You know, like Everywhere you looked, there was just cars flying off and... You know, these these great tear ups on the track and just like just some amazing amazing racing but yeah as you say there were some um there were some wet rats uh particularly photographers who who <laughs> made their way into the pit lane or in, sorry into the media center at the at the end of the um Saturday and Sunday um but yeah just a just a ridiculous weekend of racing and I, and you know for all the all the rivalries and everything between speed series and and supercars, I, I said to James on uh, Monday when I got back. I know we only caught a, a little bit of it, but you know I think we both agree that it was just the racing was just mega all weekend. Like 
you know, there were some stoppages and you know, a few issues to overcome, but by and large, the racing was just was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. So it really was uh, just throw in a little bit of water to any motorsport event and uh, you get action when you've got rain the whole day and you've got as many races and categories that were going on there. The only race that really got torn up was the GT race. But if you only caught, if you catch the last 60 seconds of that race, you would have thought that that was an absolute belter uh, because it was the most spectacular last a minute of a motor race that you'd uh, that you'd ever like to see and an unlikely outcome and yeah all of these things going on it was really a uh, it was a it was a great event great event for racing great event for ducks not very good for human beings trying to put race cars around the track at uh, a squillion miles an hour we saw some great racing Simon a couple of highlights for yourself well where, where do you start like I guess um, maybe we should get the lowlights out of the way, which is obviously the um, the Saturday afternoon, the racing being cancelled. But that that kind of um, the one highlight and all of that was getting that one TCR race in, and that was that was a barn burner. Race two was a barn burner. Race three was a barn burner. Like I think it just yeah, all of those those main categories, um, GT World Challenge Australia, Trans Am, TCR, they were just spectacular. Touring Car Masters was good. Yeah, I, I think it's like to be honest, I'm struggling to come out with with a really big highlight. Uh, you know, a highlight to be honest was kind of Jay Hansen in a weird kind of way because you know <laughs> because you're a tear up merchant. Well, yes. because I'm a tear up merchant, and also because it was kind of it was kind of fascinating to see the bloke just have this absolute storming run to the front and race what was I guess yeah race one, um, and then have that amazing finish with Aaron Cameron. Like that was a highlight in itself, and then we went, oh well, I guess he'll go and do it all again in race two, and then and then he promptly put uh, James Moffat uh, into the wall, um, whilst again was on a on a massive um, tear to the front. Uh, and la- the last race wasn't wasn't as good for him, I think, maybe because that car was a little bit bent. But like, you know, he's a standout for me. Like he's he's a kid who could do a lot of good things, and he's in his interviews, he scarily sounds like a combination of Will Brown and Mark Winterbottom, which is kind of timely um, if you pay attention to that. But <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like absolutely a talent for the future that we should keep an eye out on. Like whether that's in supercars, you know, via Super 2 or whether that's TCR next year. Like if he decides to do TCR next year, I'd absolutely be picking him to to win the series because when he's good, he is so bloody fast. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very fast, very fast, and a, a good good young kid. Uh, a couple of mistakes in his game, but geez, he's, he's uh, what what birthday did he celebrate on the weekend? Nineteen. Yeah, something like that. It was just... I I couldn't count uh, on fingers, toes, your fingers, your toes. The amount of mistakes I made when I was nineteen, and I wasn't given the responsibility of driving a uh, a uh, very heavy, very fast race car at the at the same time. So. Uh, yeah, he, uh, as you say, a, a talent for the future. Uh, my my standout was that sec- the end of that second race where uh, Jordan Cox, who uh, I, he speaks in detail a little bit later on with uh, Ben Barguana, uh, turning their TCR cars into a, uh, a rally cross cars going across the final uh, little chicane there, jumping over sand traps and through mud and slush. Uh, a, a, a spectacular way to to finish a finish a car race when the last two cars, where well, the first two cars didn't even go around the last two corners. 
So um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, okay, cool. So uh, yeah, speed series that was uh, that was great. And the next time we get to see them will be at Mount Panorama for the Bathurst International. It's about time we got that thing going, Simon. I'm sure you had your when you did um, make your way out of the media center and down into pit lane. Surely you were asking some questions about what internationals could come out to the international for the final round of the speed series. Give us something. Yeah, well, it sounds like there may be a European to come and compete in TCR. Uh, the, the name of that individual, um, you know, can't quite divulge that because you, we probably you can't, want to write that story at some point in time in the near future. You, can't, you just can't pronounce it. Is that the, <laughs> the thing? There's probably an element to that too. Um, yeah, you know, they Obviously, you know, you know, you and I both know the the big thing with the Bathurst International when it when it first kicked off was to have that that big TCR endurance race and to bring some international flavour uh, to Mount Panorama and, and many and in many ways be a bit like you know the um, the Super Touring uh, Bathurst One Thousand of old um, of like like the late nineties uh, and that would have been really cool. Obviously, COVID kind of ruined that, um, and I'm. Yeah, short term, I'm not sure that we're we're going to get back to to that sort of race um, in the near future. Maybe in a in a couple of years time, depending on what the what the market's like. Um, but yeah, at least one international for for the TCR side of things, and obviously there's a lot of interest in in Trans Am as well. Uh, and especially with that being a non championship event, you know that you might see some guys travel interstate because there's not that many opportunities to race at, at Bathurst in those Trans Am cars. You know. You got a long, a long form race. Uh, you know, there was some chat of even some Americans coming over. Whether that materializes, I'm, I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, but can you imagine having, you know, like 35 V8s just tearing up and down the mountain? Like that would be, that would be absolutely incredible. Um, and I think um, not so much the international side of things, but I think Michael Caruso is also going to do double duties that weekend, uh, competing in. In G2 World Challenge with Mark Sini, I believe, um, and obviously that's a that's a big event for for GT World Challenge, um, and hopefully we can we can get a, a really nice uh, field for for that as well. How's he going to squeeze in TCR racing, a big three hour GT race, and try and be Mister TV talent with the Stan Sport coverage? It's going to be uh, quite a bit for him. <laughs> he's a he's a man of many talents. Um, oh. I have no idea, to be honest. It's it's pretty hard at the best of times. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how he goes. He might be. He's certainly have to cut a few laps around there. Um, maybe on on the Wednesday or Thursday, cardio wise, to run back between the TV compound and and the various cars that he'll be racing. Cool. All right. Well, that is Bathurst in November. There's one other tiny little race that sometimes the Australian public and the and the world get really interested in. It's the Repco Bathurst 1000. That's coming up uh, just in two weeks, as you were saying, James. Now, well, where, where do you start with this uh, with this thing? Can anyone beat Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander? Are they so ridiculously the favourites for this, or are we going to see someone roll out on a Thursday like uh, Chas Mostert did last year and show that uh, that it's it's not going to be all Van Gis's way. He's such in such a rich vein of form at the moment. All of the 
Um, momentum is with him. He doesn't really need to worry too much about the championship. The shackles are off. Is Van Geers the winner of this year's race in a couple of weeks' time? One of the cool things about Shane's season, and he's always maintained the whole way through, is that he wants to go all at Bathurst, but the only way he can do that and feel comfortable mentally is if he's got a buffer in the points to be able to do that. He's done that. He's won 18 races. He's matched Scotty's record from 2019. And he's got a 525-point lead. So even if he shunts and Cam Waters wins, he still goes to the Gold Coast 225 points in the in the green. So you, you know at the best of times that Shane goes all out, but he's a comfortable leader. He's clear in the mind. And Garth Tan is one of the, the all-time great operators, co-driver and main driver. They're going to be so hard to stop. And the last year for Holden as well, Triple Eight, they're going to be on the on the on the absolute tear. But I am really looking closely at Cam Waters. He's second the last two years. That amazing pole lap in 2020. And James Moffat has also had a couple of podiums, and they were gutted last year to finish second, even though they were arguably never really on the pace. So those guys are going to be really good. Chaz Mostert again, reigning champ. He's not racing with Lee Holdsworth this year, but Fabian Coulthard is a co-driver in that car. I'll tell you what, if they get their cars right, WAU. They'll be ones to watch again. Obviously, they were just unbelievable last year. But I'm also keen to see how the Shelby Power Racing team go. Obviously, the Davidson brothers together, Will and Alex. Will's a two-time winner. But Anton and our good mate, Tony D, they'll be pretty good as well. I'm not really sure if they can challenge for the front guys, if they're really not quite there. But it's just it's so many unknowns. Like Will Davidson this year is in that sort of form where on his day, just you just can't lay a finger on him. And he's won Bathurst a few times before. So I was just there's so many combinations. And the the cool thing about Bathurst now compared to the last two years, we're sort of, I'd like to say we're out of the clear of COVID. We're getting some really high quality world-class co-drivers in the race as well, which is what puts this race on the map. Matt Campbell's with David Reynolds. That's a really good combination. Obviously the Penrite racing teams stepped up this year, but Recent news, Jackson Evans is a Porsche ace. He's won a lot. He won the Carrera Cup in 2018 here. He's a really good peddler. He's making his debut with Jack Smith, so I'm really keen to see how he goes as well. Mm. Yeah, that's a, a neat little uh, neat little combo. So um, ever the fence sitter, you've just uh, basically named the entire field as potential <laughs> race winners. So, um, and that's, that's not even re- taking the wild cards as well. <laughs> that's really narrowed it down for our uh, fans listening to Parked Up who like to uh, throw some money on sports bet. They're going to have to just uh, hedge their bets and place cash on everybody. Um, I think so. Uh, Simon, if you were to uh, – now, I know your, uh, your Kiwi brother, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, is likely to be the absolute red-hot favourite for this. Do you feel anyone can beat him? Where, where's the challenge going to come from? And uh, and unlike James, I want you to just pick one. Oh, see, that's hard. Like, and if I'm not allowed to pick Shane, that makes it even harder. But you know, it's kind of Triple Eight have kind of had that that Hello Darkness, my old friend thing hanging about them for a few years now. Where they've always sort of <laughs> they've always been right there and always had a really good opportunity to win. And you know, you absolutely know through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that those guys are probably going to have both of their cars uh, in the in the shootout and towards the pointy end and are probably going to be there or thereabouts for the lion's share of the race. But for whatever reason, the last few years, they just they haven't been able to put it all together except for that really good run where Shane and Garth just absolutely dominated. Um, if I'm going to pick one, 
like I, you know, the fairy tale is the Davison brothers winning. That would just be absolutely mm. perfect. You know, that would, that that would be imagery that would probably be iconic for decades to come. You know, um, you know we've had those those family names. You know, um, the Perkins, the Richards, but you know, it's been a it's been a long time um, since we've had a, a possibility like that where you can have two two really household names have a chance to win. And, and Davo, like, like James says, Davo's having a ripping run at the moment. And, and on his day, he just dominates. And unfortunately, I feel like this year for him, the results maybe necessarily haven't painted the full picture. You know, at Pukekohe, bless him, he did have that, that issue in the pit lane that gave us what, uh, you know, the, the perfect send-off. But by and large, that race where he was P-Noe by the end of it, he should have just absolutely creamed them and gone into Bathurst uh, with all the momentum on his side. So, yeah, I yeah, I would really like to see the Davison brothers just have a really good run. And I feel like there's a, there are a lot of ingredients there um, to, for that to work. You know, Richard Harris is sort of the un, unsung hero in all of this. You know, a lot of the time we hear about Ludo Lacroix and what a, what a great job he does. But, but Richard is has really sort of flown under the radar and I think you, he probably deserves a, a lot of credit as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm picking those two blokes to, to have a really good red hot crack at it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of combinations who can get the job done like this time, uh, you know, two weeks out from last year's Bathurst 1000. I don't know if we really would have been throwing a whole heap of um, uh, cash or excitement behind Chaz. We certainly probably would have thought, yeah, he's in with a show of a podium and if things go his way or that car's way, then he could be a chance. But yeah, it was pretty evident very early in the weekend that they were uh, going to be going to be right there. James, can you can you mention can you uh, talk about a Smokey? So Simon talked about his uh, feel good story. What would be your uh, something that would bring a little smile to your dial? I would love to see Andre Heimgartner at the very least get a podium. It's been more such an Kiwis. Impressive... Yeah, too many Kiwis yeah. to talk about here. <laughs> we even got one on the pod. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, we love we love the Kiwis. All good. He does the laundry well. He's all right. He's fine. Keeps the place <laughs> clean, but. <laughs> Simon, I mean, not Andre. I'm sure Andre's good at home too, but Andre Heimgarner, he's a jet and he's such a good bloke as well. But BGR, Brad Jones Racing, they've been so close a few times. Obviously, the late JR, Jason Richards on the podium a few times, but Andre's just a quiet achiever. And the fact that he just sort of weaseled his way under the podium at Pukekohe twice was so impressive at a track where so many cars just managed to find his pace, but Dale Wood is his co-driver. He's solid. He gets the job done, runs well in Carrera Cup, but fairy tales all up and down the grid, but Andre is a good bloke. He had that horrible crash at the bend this year in the start line. To see him get a podium at least would be awesome, but to get a Brad Jones win would be just out of this world, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, that would be a, uh, that would be a very good story. They certainly know how to, uh, win things at Bathurst, BJR, uh, pit stop challenges. They're very, very good at doing that. But uh, when it comes to the main race, they've uh, sat on the podium a number of times, but yet to take that uh, number one spot. Maybe, maybe 2022 uh, could be the year. Um, okay, boys, I've got uh, some other little chats that uh, that we can filter in here. Probably should have put the uh, Jordan Cox one in a little bit earlier after we finished talking about speed series, but you know what? Parked up just runs its own race. So I spoke to Jordan Cox. Now he had an excellent round 
in TCR Australia at Sandown. He's put himself in with a show of uh, of hunting down Tony Dalberto at uh, the final round of the Bathurst International. He's certainly got some pace uh, that uh, that and, and the Persians have the pace at Mount Panorama. We've seen him do some spectacular things at Bathurst. Uh, and I asked him about that and a whole range of other things. Here he is now on Parked Up. Hey, it's great to have Jordan Cox back on the Parked Up podcast. There are a few people who are in with a chance of winning this year's Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia Series. Tony D has got a little bit of a runaway lead, but you pegged him back a little bit, 50-odd points. Jordan, what do you reckon? One round to go. That's uh, all to play for, mate. It's all to play for. So, hey, look, um, I'm in second place. I'm, I'm the first of the guys that have had a DNF this year. Uh, Tony hasn't, uh, fortunately for him. So, uh, I think it's just going to be a case of, um, mate, Bathurst, as we know, past history, anything can happen if uh, one slip up by him and, and we're on, you know. So, um, look, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty confident going to Bathurst pace-wise. We've had some two-week tracks um, for us recently, but we're out of the way there. So, look, I think, um, yeah, back to Bathurst for us will we'll be good. Yeah, the Peugeot certainly showed that they can do the job. Aaron Cameron won two of the races in effectively exactly the same machinery. You weren't really that far away from him uh, back in Easter, but you just sort of ran into a couple of little bits of uh, bad luck there. So um, pace is uh, pace is one thing, luck is another but uh what what's the what's your strategy do you uh do you just go in there going right well we've just got to win win everything or is, is there a strategy uh look, look to, it's to do the best you can but to the whole whole idea is to minimize risks um you know that's sort of been a, the approach all year um haven't really been caught up in too many incidents, um, especially compared to what's been going on around me anyway. I, I know a lot of others have been. So, um, yeah, like we're, we're pretty, you know, the, as, as I said, the approach is, you know, low risk, but, you know, maximise the opportunities we can. Um, unfortunately, last time at Bathurst, we had a mechanical failure. Uh, I think, yeah, third lap into race one, and that, that, that just ruined our whole whole weekend, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, that's the, having the racing gods on your side. We can't you know, do much about that. Um, so, you know, look, you know, I'd love to say we'll go out guns blazing, but, you know, if we go out guns blazing and have a mistake and so does Tony, well, it doesn't put us any better. So, you know, we're, we're relying on Tony, you know, having a uh, – uh, not, not that I wish that on him, but, you know, if he has, if he has a slip-up or, or one, one issue, like, you know, we're in with a shot. So we just got to make sure we're there to – Capitalise. Okay, Sandown. Has your shoes and socks dried out yet? Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what a what a horrible weekend of weather. And um, look, look. Fortunately, I turned on some good racing. Um, <laughs> it was a bit wet and wild there for a bit. And look, unfortunately, no no heavy damage to cars or or whatnot. And I think most of the drivers are pretty reasonably well behaved in those conditions considering that that sand down surface is just you know you, re- you know, really you wouldn't you you'd, if you knew it was going to be like that when you went out you wouldn't you wouldn't go out it was such a horrible surface so um hey you know it's uh, a wild weekend but good to good to get through it on the other side 
Uh, talk about the end of race two. You were uh, you're leading. You'd led most of the race just in front of your uh, teammate Ben Barguana, and both of you uh, slid off the circuit second last corner or third last corner, whatever. However, that all works down there. But you both went through the uh, gravel trap, managed to come out the other side, and Ben got the win. You finished second. It was good for your championship. Your car had some dramas, but uh, it was it was a win that went begging. Oh, mate, so so frustrating, so frustrating. Like I was, yeah, really annoyed that it ended like that. You know, the the win was mine there. Um, you know, I had a real conservative line going to that final corner because that that's actually the slipperiest part on on the track. There's a surface change just as you come to the braking area, and when you get heavy rain, you get this real you know shine across the surface, and it's so slippery there. And we saw in many other categories people slip off. So, mate, we, you know, I even broke probably. 30 or 40 meters earlier than it had been before and and made it you know it was so frustrating like as i lifted the car just started aquaplaning you know i hadn't even hit the brakes yet so it was that was really really frustrating i felt as though you know i was doing the right things and then you know still still didn't you know manage to pull it off you know so once um uh once we realized you know we'd, we'd sort of lost it you know head straight for the gravel trap power through and where I went through, there was a huge ditch and, um, mate, the car just bottomed out and ripped the splitter off, bent the radiator support, made an absolute mess of the car underneath. Barg sort of, yeah, went to went to the outside, the outer part of the gravel trap and then yeah, basically he did a better job than me of getting through and away <laughs> and he got the win. So it was pretty funny, but, um, uh, mate, as a racer, pretty disappointed to, to not get that win there. It looked more like a uh, rallycross than it did uh, circuit racing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's quite a few other cars behind us went off too, I think. So, um, yeah, I think half went for the dirt and half went for the track. So it was take your pick kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. There were some really entertaining races right across the board. And, and we typically see that with uh, any motor race that, you know, chuck in a little bit of water and you're guaranteed you're going to end up with some mixed results and maybe a little bit more contact. Um, we were lucky that there wasn't too many cars brought home on the back of uh, vulture carriers, as uh, as I think Alan Moffat once coined them, but um, uh, we we were really treated to some great racing right across the board. Oh, absolutely, yeah! Like uh, in the Trans Ams, there was there was plenty of happening. Um, GTs as well. I mean, that they only had eleven cars or something like that, but yeah, still still plenty happening there. So um, yeah, from from out my vantage point behind the seat, it was um, <laughs> it was just mayhem, mate. You know, like. I think I started the race pretty poorly in race one and mate in the middle of the pack, no vision coming down to the back straight, 220 K plus, you know, can't see a thing, uh, only relying on brake lights. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty full on. So look all in all successful weekend, I suppose for, for motor racing in TCR. It was a, um, yeah, bit of entertainment there and hopefully the, the punters in the stand and at home enjoyed it. Yeah, there was a few punters there. It was uh, it was quite an enjoyable weekend until you walked outside. That uh, that was a real downer when you when you tried to fight the weather, um, mate. Let's uh, let's just talk about a little bit about yourself and what might happen for you in the future. This is your second year at uh, at TCR in a full time capacity, or actually, I guess um, almost a third year. You only missed the first couple of rounds of the inaugural season is this where you see your short-term future is there something else that we might be able to see you in sir uh not, not sure grant um mate I, i'd love to 
Um, look, look for me, supercars would be the goal. You know, look, uh, I'm a racer. I want to, I want to uh, race against the best, against the best teams, um, best drivers, and 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 most of that's in 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 supercars. Look, and and if it's not that, I think TCR is probably the the second best thing we've seen. You know, plenty of um, uh, plenty of ex drivers come into supercars and for sorry from supercars coming to TCR and and many of them really don't have it their own way which shows you how competitive it is um so yeah I, I mean look uh, in the short term yeah just focusing on this year mate we'll see what happens next year um but you know I've got some great sponsors on board great supporters GRM's been a uh, you know fantastic supporter of my career as well and Gary and Barry have given me some great opportunities so Look, we'll just keep ticking along and and see where we end up, mate. I'll, put put it, yeah. Put anything in front of me, I'll drive it. So, yeah. Very good. Um, okay. And between now and Bathurst, what is uh, what makes up the the life of Jordan Cox? Just uh, grease monkeying your way through with your own uh, little automotive business. Yeah, pretty much, mate. Yeah, back into the workshop. So, mate, I I, I lead a pretty simple life actually. It's either. Uh, I was laughing to one of the boys about this. I, I bought a boat recently. So, and the whole reason was, was to get me out of the workshop. So, cause mate, it used to be go home, go to the workshop or go to a racetrack. So right now it's workshop, home, racetrack and boat. So <laughs> either one of those I'll, I'll, I'll be doing it, mate. So, yeah. Very good. Cool, mate. Well, you're, uh, you're still in the hunt for the TCR Australia crown. We can't wait to get up to Mount Panorama for the Bathurst international, the final round of the series and uh in the meantime keep uh, spannering away and maybe catch some fish while you're out on that boat yeah buddy yeah anyway thanks mate and we thank jordan cox for his time on the parked up podcast and looking forward to seeing how the tcr australia series pans out with just one round to go as we've said at the bathurst international in november uh now as part of the parked ups ongoing interviews that I did with uh, Rodney Jane. He's the CEO of Bob Jane T-Marts, great supporters of Parked Up and Parked Up Plus. Uh, I asked him a whole bunch of questions about his racing and uh, his past. And in today's uh, little chat, I asked him about uh, how he got associated with Sonic Motor Racing Services. Of course, they compete in Carrera Cup. The team also uh, famous for competing in Formula Ford and have seen a great number of famous Australian motorsport stars come through their ranks at a young age, including the likes of Jamie Winkup, David Reynolds, Nick Perkett, Anton Di Pasquale. The list goes on for uh, for the Sonic team. They, uh, they currently race uh, in Porsches with a four-car team. Three of those, uh, or two, sometimes three, race with uh, the great support of Bob Jane Teamarts. So I asked Rodney Jane uh, about how they came together and why he is stuck with Sonic. Last time we spoke, Rodney, you spoke about uh, Sonic and the relationship you have. Let's talk a little bit more about Team Sonic and Michael and Maria Ritter. Uh, how did that relationship for yourself start? And why did why has it been so enduring? Um, I guess it's you know when you when you grow up in a family business sometimes it's difficult, right? So I, I grew up you know working out at Calder as a kid. Um, wasn't really interested in motorsport. Didn't think I'd ever race. Didn't sort of get into it. Maddie White and I grew up on farms out the other side of town. 
Um, we both ended up in motorsport because we love racing paddock bombs and one thing led to another. And, you know, I think the challenge for me was, you know, I didn't start racing until I think I was 19. And, you know, that was a big argument with my dad where he told me motorsport was too dangerous, I wasn't going to race. And I said, well, stuff you, I'm going to go by Kim's HQ. And, you know, off I go, I'm going to go racing. The only problem was I didn't have 7,000 bucks to buy Kim's HQ, so I missed out on it. And then my dad sort of thought about it a bit one day, he sits me down, he goes, oh, well, you can race that old Oscar over there that's been crashed if you can fix it. So thanks to my cousin Kim Jane and all his team, you know, they all help, you know, put it back together and we all work nights and fix that up. And that was, that was a great way to go racing. I built some relationships that I still have today, some incredible friendships. But, you know, I didn't really have the knowledge or the know-how to go and race really well and didn't have the right backing, right? So... Anyway, our business got in. I did that for about nine years, I think it was. I raced Oscar for a number of seasons, then um, NASCAR for one season, and I did a bit of legend car racing in the middle there. But, you know, as I said, that was sort of 1920 when that started, which is too late. No go-karting, no anything. And then I got out of it and, and had to focus on work because our business was in a lot of trouble. And when I came back to it, I tried to run, you know, I got a, a guy from Century Batteries, you know, offered me some sponsorship, you know, we, we thought, all right, let's go racing. Didn't know where to race, so I rang Jim Richards and I'm like, hey, Jim, you know, if you were going to go racing, where would you go? And, you know, I've known Jim since I was a kid and Jim's like, right, the only place we'll go this new Career Cup Series. You know, it's going to be fantastic. So we bought a car, we started trying to race it, did a terrible job of trying to do it myself with some guys that had sort of helped me through the years. And then, um, of all people, Miles Johnson, who you know had worked with my dad. I didn't really know Miles that well. Met him at the at Bathurst a number of times, and Miles sort of said to me, "Oh, you know, you need to meet um, Michael and Marie Ritter." I'm like, "Who are they?" So anyway, get the intro. So um, you know, our relationship started. I think that's 2003 or end of 2003 or started 2004, and you know. Um, sort of thought, yeah, this sounds like an all right sort of deal. You know, it seems like a good human. Um, Maria seems like a nice person. Let's give this a crack. And so, uh, I, you know, I'd sort of give him a car. We sort of strike up a deal to go racing. And then um, that that first sort of, that first test day, which we've spoken about before, it was Sydney Motorsport Park or what was Eastern Creek back then, I think, still. Um, you know, it was, a, it was an afternoon. We'd been testing for a while that day and... You know, I'll never forget it because it was sort of late in the afternoon and um, I've come into the pits and I'm, I wasn't doing a very good job based on everything, that my times and what was going on around me. I'm a, I'm a realist, so I sort of accept when I'm doing well or not. Anyway, Mick comes and opens the door and he's, you know, really nice about it. He opens the door, oh, mate, like, what's going on here? And um, I go, oh, I don't know, Mick, I think maybe, maybe the tyres are, you know, done or, you know, I don't know. He's like, you don't know. I'm like, no, I don't know. He goes, well, they may be done or they're not done. And I'm like, so, well, see, well, you know, in the bottom line, he sort of looks at me and he goes, well, if you were one of my young blokes, and I said, all right, just stop you there, Mick. I go, like, I'm here to learn. So just treat me like I'm one of your young blokes and, yeah, we'll go well together. So with that, he gives me an absolute spray, like, get the f back out there, stop mucking around, you know, this is not a game, you know, go pull your finger out and drive the freaking car and come back and tell me what's wrong with it. So I go back out, do a few laps and, the, you know, the tyres were shot, so that was fine. But, you know, like, I think in motorsport, in my... Look, you know, having been around it since I was probably nine, I've, you know, I've been around it since I was younger than that, but actually actively with my mind in watching events and, you know, selling programs and doing things around motorsport... You know, I've seen a lot of people have a lot of shit go wrong 
and a lot of people that don't really care about who drives with them. And I think the beauty of Sonic, you know, like I've been with them now, well, since 2003. So, you know, Mick really cares about how guys go or girls. You know, he really cares about the outcome. You know, he's desperate to win, like, you know, and, and he's furious with you if he doesn't think you're working at your capacity. So, you know, that's been amazing for me. I've learnt so much from him. And I think, you know, to sum it up, I think, you know, the, the, the one person that I think sums it up best was Dave Reynolds when he won the championship in a Bob Jane car with us back, back whenever that was, 2005 or six. And Dave says to me one day, he's like, oh, Rod, you know, he says, oh, I feel sick, I feel sick, I think I'm going to vomit. You know, mixed too hard on us. And, I, you know, I said to him, Dave, no matter where you go or what you do, mate, you know, you're going to find that people don't care like Mick does and Maria, right? So you're going to find that you're going to wake up wherever you go next year and it's going to be a really different ball game because people aren't going to put the pressure on you like Mick does to get the outcomes that he thinks you're capable of and they'll be happy to take your sponsorship money, your driving seat money and everything else. But there's, you know, it's a rare bird in our industry that just truly cares about the outcome for the driver. And you know, that's what Sonic and Mick and Murray have been and that's what they've done to me. So it's been you know, a great relationship. And thanks to Rodney for that chat. Uh, of course, we've got more in next week's episode of Parked Up, which uh, we're going to be very close to the Bathurst 1000 by the time we get there. Uh, but we've got to now, Scotty Mack has uh, just finished fourth in the IndyCar series. An amazing result in only his second year driving in that category. Of course, it was won by Will Power, but fourth place for Scotty Mack was an incredible result. Uh, and doing all Kiwis and Aussies, uh, really proud over there. Mark Fogarty from Parked Up Plus grabbed Scotty for a quick chat about his season and what he plans to do in the next couple of months. Well, Scotty, around this time last year, you were wondering whether you belonged in IndyCar, wondering no more. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think there was a point there where um, you, know, you believed that I, I believed I had found something, you know, little um towards the end of last year but you know it was hard to <clears throat> after the year that was you know it was hard to put into you know, context you know how hard it was mentally for me to stay positive but it just somehow you just had to believe that was going to change and believe in your talent and and and, and whatnot and um yeah this this uh this year has been phenomenal for me it's uh yeah game changer for me and you know, sign a new deal and, and really sort of set myself up here in America, which is really exciting. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a really, uh, relief, relieving year. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, you won races, you were in contention for the title. So, I mean, all things considered, do you believe you maximized your opportunities this year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when we were in front, you know, leading races, I think we, we took all our opportunities there. Um, there was definitely spots throughout the year where I probably, you know, gave the championship away a little bit. Um, you, know, you know, Indianapolis, for instance, I'd love to have that one back. I mean, we had a loose wheel at Iowa. That, that really cost us, you know, a good 30 points. So, like, you know, little things like that and mistakes that I did um, that didn't help the cause. So I think from a championship perspective, I don't think I took all my opportunities, but from when a race win perspective and when results were 
you know that were on the table for us we we took them and and um yeah it was it was it, that was a good thing in a good way i guess you could say the pressure's now on for next season isn't it yeah no for sure and and you know i'm not going to come out and say i can you know i can win the championship but i think you know if i do you know finish the way that i if i start the way that i finish this year um, you know, I can't see any reason why we won't be in the fight. Um, but, you know, as we all saw, like, you know, Will was so consistent, not probably as much success as, say, Joseph or I had, but he was just consistent all year, which, you know, basically put him up in that championship fight. And, you know, I, I understand that. Um, definitely feel like a different driver now. And, and um, yeah, certainly can't wait to get back into it next year, that's for sure. Speaking of willpower... You've obviously been close to him over there and, and his title victory this year. Well, all things considered, quite extraordinary. Yeah, no, he's he was um, unreal this year. I mean, like to obviously share the, the truck with him and, and see how he went about things. Um, you know, it was definitely like what everyone was saying. Like, it was a very different will. Um, I think you've even just got to look at the... the the celebrations, you know, that he had, it was very subdued, you know, it just, he's just a different guy. Um, you know, I think uh, he did a, a great job. Um, yeah. Like, like I said before, he was so like consistent and you know, didn't win the races, but just finished second and third where he needed to. And, and um, that's the ultimate name of the game. And uh, yeah, it, it's been a pleasure to sort of, you know, see that happen and see a different side of him. And, and um, you know, it's definitely pushing me a lot harder. Has he been a mentor to you? I mean, among others, he, you know, famously Rick Mears has helped you, but has Will been a mentor as well? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> like, I think at the end of the day, like, uh, it's just a teammate, you know, and, um, but it's nice to have a chat to someone that's from Australia and, 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 you know, I guess we, we talk the same lingo in some ways and a few things, but, for the most part, no, like we're out there to sort of, you know, beat each other. And, and um, there's definitely times last year where we, you know, I spoke and he said things were going to change and, you know, obviously they did, but he, he was always, you know, very positive about my journey and, and whatnot. But, you know, I think once it got to the, it's got to the point now where, you know, we're sort of trying to beat each other week in, week out. It's not so much of a mentorship, but he's a very good teammate. I give him that. And, um, and so is Joseph. I think we've got great, we've got great camaraderie within the team. And I think it really pushes the team really well. Okay. So you're coming back to be at the Adelaide 500, uh, working on the broadcast. Wouldn't yeah. you, wouldn't you rather be racing in the Adelaide 500? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, look, I absolutely, I'm a race driver at heart. Um, I, I am a race driver, but look, I just, I'm actually just, I'm, a, I'm very excited just to come home and, and chill. Yeah, there's going to be itchy feet. I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll want to drive the Gen 3 car. I'll want to do bits and pieces, but, you know, that's just, that's just who I am. But, um, you know, I, I, I really just am so content with, you know, how I ended in supercars and, you know, where I'm at right now in my career and, and over here that I don't really want to, you know, affect that in any way. I think I'm, you know, I just don't want any bad habits. I don't want any, you know, stuff that just could, you know, hamper my progress in IndyCar right now. And, 
I'm just quite happy coming back and just being a 29-year-old and just hanging out, having a few beers and watching some good racing. So, what, no chance of doing a few laps in the Gen 3 Mustang at Adelaide, you know, even just for a TV <laughs> piece? No, I, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I'll, uh, I'll see, but there's also, like, sponsorship stuff that, you know, I'm sure that would be get a little bit... Um, they definitely would probably get a little bit tight, but um, I'll, I'm, I'm very happy watching. It's gonna be it's gonna be good to see. So you're going to be coming. How long are you coming back? Is it like you big chunk yeah. of the summer? Yeah, so I'm coming back. Uh, we land October 26, so I'll be there for the Gold Coast, and then we head to New Zealand probably the December sort of 14, and spending Christmas there, and then I'll be back in the states before New Year's. And thanks, folks, and Scotty Mac for that chat. So he kind of says in there, boys, that he won't do any racing when he comes back or certainly no supercars racing. He's going to be on the Gold Coast, I dare say, probably somewhere very close to a balcony, um, uh, enjoying the uh, racing. And, uh, yeah, he's going to do perform some TV duties at the final round on the streets of Adelaide as well. So, I don't know, coming all this way, would you guys like to see him in a car in, in any way, whether it's a demonstration in a Gen 3, a wild card? It's, uh, it seems like a long way to come and for him not to do anything. He's pretty good in a car, isn't he? <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, oh, man, I mean, any, any chance to see a guy like that get in the car would be awesome. But there are obviously some commercial things to go through as well. And Scotty's just had a busy year in IndyCar as well. So... There are decisions to be made, I'm sure, down the line, but um, I'd love to see him behind the wheel of anything, to be honest. Even as on, on a three-wheel bike, just running down the street and on the beach, he's, he's so quick, he's so talented, and um, be cool to see him on TV as well. He does always roll that line out about he'd, he'd race a wheelbarrow, um, uh, you know, if he was given one. So maybe we can arrange that. We should get a wheelbarrow race going at the Adelaide 500. Um, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, we could do that. Maybe stick a few journalists in the wheelbarrows as well and see what this <laughs> see who gets tipped out first. Oh man, I could see that. I can see that going not my way. I've uh, <laughs> I've had a bit too much chocolate recently, so there might be a bit of extra ballast. I don't know. Some, <laughs> some drivers exacting their revenge on some scummy journos. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, all right, boys. So, uh, what's for dinner tonight then? I don't know. Well, I, you I had luxury, so. didn't you? Well, you, I, you, I, you've I, already had yours. I, I have. I um, to our lovely listeners, I, I, we probably share the. I mean, we don't share food. I'd like to think that um, I'm a good chef, but when Simon moved in, I was definitely put down a cook level. Um, Simon's <laughs> one of those people who can just open the pantry and find something amazing. So, um, I've eaten. I've had my prawn laksa it was sensational uh the paste out of the jar was top grade <laughs> and uh i've now had two rows of chocolate i'm looking forward to having a third oh dear i've still i've still got to cook i think i need to go down to woolies to get a to get a few uh luxurious in, ingredients to make some concoction in the kitchen um make some make some magic i reckon we need to have like a bet or something like with the uh with the bathurst 1000 coming up maybe um Maybe the loser of that has to cook a few dinners. I can go in on that. I think we've got some similar bets. Um, pull through, Andre. Come on. I don't want to be <laughs> cooking uh, all month. All right. So highest finish. You're gonna you're gonna pick Andre. 
I'll go for that. Yeah, uh, I like that car. I like that driver. He's a good bloke. And Dale Wood, when I think one thing that's not spoken about enough is when Reynolds and Erebus went in 17, they were fourth. <laughs> Woody finished fourth, so he knows how to perform there. But um, yeah, I think in, in the name of my, my cooking time in the kitchen, I hope they get up. I don't know if this is a bit I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put I'll put the Davo brothers ahead of of Heimgartner and Wood. Let's see how we go, eh? You don't back my cooking, mate. <laughs> no, your luck is great, brother. I love it. <laughs> um, cool. Well, then, can I just be super safe and pick SVG and Garth to win, and you guys can just freight me down whatever it is for my meal? <laughs> we, we have to get you a few Uber Eats or something. cool boys hey thanks for joining uh myself on the parked up podcast great to hear from you both about supercars about speed series and of course about the great race of bathurst 1000 it is not that many sleeps away where we will be uh seeing i'll certainly be seeing james on the mountain uh simon we're gonna see you you're gonna come up for a bit of a cameo it's only three hours across the blue mountains uh maybe i think it's a firm maybe at the moment um i it's been funny ever since i moved to australia i kind of expected that i would be going to the bathers every single year but i think i've only gone the once because of because of covid and all the all the rest of it so i think i might be having another year on on the sofa um which is not the worst thing you know it's um it's a it's a great event that's the broadcast is fantastic and you don't really miss much um sitting on the couch at home so yeah, I'll be I'll be keeping my eyes glued to supercars.com for all of uh, Pavey's tear-ups, that's for sure. Well, if you're going to watch it from home, Simon, just make sure you keep the place clean, all right? All right, all right. Yeah, for me, myself and I that weekend, eh? Yeah, just charge the vacuum up and use it because the carpet's a bit dusty at the moment. <laughs> I'll, make some, I'll make some lines in the carpet, make it look a bit like the MCG. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for your time, boys. Of course, uh, you're listening to Parked Up here. We've got Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Uh, Every Monday afternoon, 5 p.m., the girls on the grid. Also, every Monday, and the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. Uh, That is every second Friday, and the most recent one uh, popped out recently, uh, and that was with Luke King from the TCR, currently with TCR Australia. Uh, I think he was the youngest person that uh, Gary O'Brien and Darren Smith have spoken to. So uh, he's uh, he's crammed a lot into his uh, young racing career and we're excited to see where that goes. So you uh, you can listen to that on the Grassroots Racing Podcast. Lads, thanks for joining me and uh, we'll see you at the track soon. Thanks for having us. Uh, You've just listened to another Network Car production. 